Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gumbs. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a black woman in business. Today's episode is all about manifesting success. We're chatting with Kadisha Phillips, the founder and CEO of Cecilia's House, a home decor e-commerce brand that empowers high-achieving Black women to reach their full potential. Welcome to Sisters Inc., Kadisha, and thanks so much for sitting down with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Before you started your own company, you were an award-winning marketing strategist. Tell us about your professional life before you became an entrepreneur. So before I became an entrepreneur, I worked in TV. I worked at all the big name companies like Nickelodeon or to MTV. My first job out of college actually was um, a summer associate at Viacom and I worked at VH1 writing articles. And then I went on to become an associate producer at Nickelodeon working on the app. Um, so I really was in love with creating experiences for people and somehow was able to kind of you know go from production into marketing, um, really just by side hustling. Um, so kind of like freelancing, taking on little cl clients here and there. Then I went to the History Channel where I really had like a lot of autonomy, allowed me to be able to kind of build something within a company, um, build strategy within a company um, without really like, you know, any guardrails. And so I got kind of like the excitement of being able to have the freedom, being able to uh, you know, build something from scratch, being able to come up with strategies, ideas, and really figure out what, use data to figure out what people really like and to grow something from there. And that's how I became an award-winning marketing strategist, like using the same tactics that I use for my business, you know, really understanding what people want, um, you know, listening to them and then creating content. Um, I use that same exact strategy to build my business. So then using data to come up with a product that people really wanted um, and then having success from there. Yeah, it sounds like the perfect launching um, point for you to just like leap into doing your own thing. Um, you started Cecilia's House in 2021. Where did the idea come from? So the idea came from a few different places. I want to say that Cecilia's House for me feels like it was something that was in my card since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. So when I was a little girl, I drew a lot. I would draw these beautiful pictures of Black women and I would like hand them out to people. So I would give them to my bus driver, my bus matron, my teachers. Actually, my um, fifth grade teacher literally took my binder and scanned every single drawing that I had in my binder and sent it to my parents in the mail because that's what I was doing <laughs> during class in fifth grade. <laughs> it's a little known fact about me. And, um, you know, throughout life, you know, as I started to, you know, get my own place, um, I really felt like it was super hard for me to find art that really reflected me. Um, and, you know, it was either I was going to like Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Home Goods, looking for something that looked like me, or searching the internet but not being able to afford anything that I could find, not finding anything that was super aesthetically pleasing. I had like, you know, really ugly walls in my house because I was like, I got one painting from this artist, another painting from the other artist, and nothing ever matched. 
And then during the pandemic, um, you know, I was in a lot of Facebook groups and I would see women complaining, you know, saying like, I'm going to like six and seven stores in a day, um, you know, literally taking images of white women, right? Like these paintings and then using their foundation in paint, like going to Michael's, going from Hobby Lobby, right? In the art section, grabbing this image of a white woman, going into the paint section, grabbing the image, um, the color of paint that matches their skin tone, and then going home to create this arts and craft project because you can't find something that looks like you. And so when I started to realize that all these women are having a similar experience to me, I was like, well, it just makes sense for me to do this. Like, it couldn't be that hard for me to do this. Like, <laughs> Famous last words, right? <laughs> yes, famous last words. It's like, can't be that difficult for me to start a art and home decor company for Black women. Really just, it might be a little bit easy, you know. <laughs> and so um, that's really where it came from. So, you know, my personal connection um, to really loving um, seeing art of Black women and then also seeing like the pain and the experience of other Black women and the great lengths that they would go to to be able to decorate their home and have a space that really truly reflects them. Mm. So Cecilia's house sells items like vision boards, affirmations, manifestos. How do you intend for your customers to use your products? It's a really, really good question. Um, I would say that it's about the the real way that people can use them, right? These vision boards, manifestation, manifestos and affirmations is by having them in a place where you can see them daily. So whether that's like in your office where you can glance over from your desk when you're feeling really like you're having a hard day and you're feeling some kind of difficulty, um, you know, having maybe like an affirmation on the actual desk or a vision board on the wall that you can look to or behind your computer so that when you glance up, you can see it. Just places where your mind can actually register the words in a subconscious way. Like it's very visual. Um, and I think people don't really realize that, you know, we need visual cues. Kind of like when you were, um, you know, growing up and you're going to grade school, they have like the alphabet on the wall. You continuously look up, look up at it, right? Even if it's not active, but your brain is registering like that this is the alphabet. So I intend for my customers to really, you know, put their affirmations, vision boards, and manifestos in places where they'll see them, whether that's, you know, walking into the door, you know, walking in or walking out of the door every single day in your living room, in your bedroom, bathroom, next to your mirror, um, just someplace where you can like, you know, passively interact with the pieces. Yeah. These aren't just feel-good products. You say that they utilize design psychology and that they're proven to improve your mood, improve your outlook on life, and to rewire your mind to think more positively. Um, can you explain that? Yeah. So every single thing about all of our pieces is intentional. From the colors, um, you know, the color palettes that we use, people, one of the one main piece of feedback that I get from customers is like, oh my goodness, the colors, they make me feel so good. And that's intentional. Um, I think people don't realize the different colors in your home um, or in general, they evoke different feelings. It's real. That's design psychology is like looking at the colors, um, just like even the words, um, the specific fonts that we use, they evoke different kinds of feelings uh, when people look at them. Um, even if you're thinking about like the images, that's all a part of like the psychology. 
And so when you have something that looks really nice and really joyful and has these like really soft colors um, and has like, you know, affirmations, right? Positive words that you're subconsciously taking in during the day. Um, it really does impact your subconscious mind um, because you're taking it in over and over and over. So it's every single detail is intentional. Um, you know, sometimes our vision boards are like, oh, work of true work of art, right? Like they take me 24, 48, 36 hours of like painstaking work to create um, because every single little detail has to have a meaning. We don't just create products to create them. We want to make sure that every single part of it um, really can help you mentally. You mentioned the words and I want to read some of the words from your Black Woman's Manifesto because when I met you last year, you were exhibiting it at an event and it literally stopped me in my tracks. So um, here's part of it. Walk with fire in your steps, knowing that your ancestors are walking beside you. Love on your family, lean on your faith, but have no shame knowing that there's help on the couch. Mm -hmm. And then it ends with the world needs you, sis. Where do you channel these words from? Um, where do I channel these? It's a really good question. Um, you know, I think about a lot of times this comes from like, what do I want to hear for myself? And I think about what do my sisters, my friends, what do they want to hear? Like, what are the things that they go through? Um, you know, what are the words that they need to resonate with them as they're going through tough and hard times? Um, I actually went to a creative, I, I went to a performing arts high school for high school. Um, you know, my family, we lived in Brooklyn, we moved to Rochester, New York, I went to School of the Arts, and I studied creative writing. And so the creative writing piece of it comes in, like when we choose these words specifically, and thinking about, you know, I think some of the exercises that I used to do in high school, um, really were about, you know, channeling like what the other what you want the other person to feel. And how can you exhibit that through prose or poetry? Um, so it's a combination of like, you know, that personal relationship that I have with my friends and my family, um, my sisters as well, um, in addition to like my background of like writing. The manifesto is one of your best sellers. Uh, why do you think that your products resonate so much with Black women? Because they're authentic, right? Like every single thing you know, really is just like centered on black women, you know, whether I see, you know, black women, I, I think about, like I said, I think about myself. I think about the things that I want to manifest in my life. I think about my friends, my sisters, um, you know, I'm always sending, whenever I have an idea for something, I'm sending things for feedback, but also going back to like, you know, my work as a marketing strategist, I'm looking at what people are saying. I'm looking at, you know, I'm in Facebook groups where I see women talking about the things that they want to manifest in their life. You know, I'm taking in all of this data in the way that like somebody would for a marketing campaign and using it to create products that are on trend and that really truly reflect what women want and really merging it with my own wants and needs as well as those who are close to me. So I think that's why it resonates is because there's data coming from multiple different points that's going into a product. And then you layer on like the design psychology with it as well. Yeah. And then you have a particular focus on high achieving black women, which I love because um, it's not always something that we get to see represented in the world. Um, and even when there are things directed 
um, at us for upliftment's sake, it's almost like we're downtrodden and we need this upliftment. And and you sort of take a, a very different approach to that. How did you come to focus on high achieving black women? That's a really good question. Um, I would say because I realized that the customers that I was attracting through my work, um, they were just like me, high achieving black women. Uh, you know, I talk to them sometimes, you know, one is a COO at a major nonprofit. Another, um, you know, she hosts masterminds for other Black women. Um, you know, some of them, they have venture-backed um, startups. And when I really started to realize that, I was, okay, like, let's focus on, you know, this specific sector of Black women. And, you know, just in conversations and talking with my customers, you know, just really getting to know them, I understood, like, okay, this is the bulk of my customer base and if I go niche with them, then it'll really help, um, you know, the business to grow and it'll help us to serve them as well. You're also growing a community of more than 50,000 Black women who you communicate daily uh, with through your newsletter. What kind of inspiration are you sharing with them? I would say, you know, through our newsletter, usually the inspiration that I'm sharing is, you know, from our Instagram lives. So I have Instagram lives with community members um, who, like I said, really dope, really amazing Black women who are doing really amazing things for other Black women and really using those conversations, which generally are about self-care, they're about manifestation, they're about goal setting. And I'm taking that content and repurposing it in a newsletter um, to share with our community, to keep them inspired and empowered. Uh, we've talked, we mentioned manifestation a couple of times now. You clearly believe in the power of manifestation. Can you remember though, like um, sort of your beginning introduction to manifestation, how you came to believe in it? So I would say for me, my manifestation came through Christianity, right? Really believing in God, um, having a close relationship with God. I grew up going to church all the time. And at some point, you know, I realized that I would literally speak things into existence. And I think in the Bible, there's, um, I don't know the specific verse, um, but it talks about like the power of your tongue and the power of the words that you speak. And I think that, you know, that is the merge between like, you know, Christianity and like this idea of manifestation. I think some people believe that it is not, that religion can't exist with like manifesting, but I think that religion is really a different form of manifesting. Um, prayer is a different form of manifesting. So for me, I started to realize that when I would write things down, when I would say that I wanted to do something, just actually like putting it on paper that things were happening in my life exactly like I wanted them to. Um, and it wasn't, you know, that I saw an Instagram page and I saw somebody talk about manifestation. It was just something that had happened in my life. <laughs> and I realized, oh, your words have power. These things that you're saying are coming to life. Like, you know, when you write it down, you put it on, you know, I have something on my fridge that's called commitments to self. It uses the same exact principles as our vision boards, manifestos and affirmations. And, um, you know, I, it's a whiteboard and I write like, you know, the things that I'm committing to myself. And in the same way, you know, when I have like my vision boards that I would do for myself personally, or when I would write down my goals inside of a notebook, um, you know, just 
writing them into existence and, you know, speaking them into existence. Um, that same relationship that we, our customers have with our products happens with me uh, when I do these small exercises for myself. So really, I would say just like through my relationship with God and just, you know, having that personal, I want to say, uh, just knowing myself and understanding and having self-awareness around the things that I have said that I wanted to do and how they've manifested in my life. And specifically when it comes to your entrepreneurial journey, because, you know, you mentioned that this started during the pandemic that you were like, oh, it can't be too hard for me to start a home decor line for black women. Um, how would you say you manifested entrepreneurial success? So I think for me, manifesting entrepreneurial success looked like the intention. What was I focusing on and, you know, building a business with a true intention to serve Black women authentically. You know, I've seen other people build brands or launch brands, right? Because I think building a brand is a long-term game. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, you get a logo, you buy a logo, you know, slap it on a product, and then all of a sudden you have a brand now. You have to have relationships. It's a long-term game. And so I've seen people kind of, you know, coming up with products and, you know, when they launch, they hear crickets. And... That's because like the intention probably could have been wrong. Maybe you want to become an entrepreneur because you don't want to work for anybody anymore, but you're really just looking to do something for Instagram. There's a lot of that happening. Um, you know, there's also, you know, people just really feeling like, you know, just because you have an experience specifically um, that every single other person resonates with that experience without actually having the data. So I think like the intentionality and the building of Cecilia's house around like knowing like, oh, okay, like I have hundreds of data points of Black women seeing this very specific thing that they need and actually building something around all of these data points without leading them to say something. People say they do research. They send out a survey and, you know, they have these leading questions. You know, someone has to pick one answer from multiple choice without really just allowing people to say what it is they need and um, interacting with them in a genuine way. So I feel like for us, manifesting success was just always leading with intention. And the intention, you know, is always around like, you know, building for the customer and just being authentic in that. Um, and I think that has allowed us to manifest success. You mentioned um, before your commitments to self, which yeah. you have on your fridge. And um, that's one of your company's values, commitment to your highest self. I yeah. love how you contrast that with self-care, um, which, you know, as you rightfully point out, a lot of times we only turn to self-care where we're on the verge of like being burned out. It's not yeah. really about committing to ourselves over time. As a small business owner, by definition, you're juggling a lot of things. You're sacrificing some things to build your business. So how do you, um, as a Black woman entrepreneur, maintain that commitment to yourself while running a business? Wow. Um, it hasn't always been easy. It's been a journey. And I want to say that probably seven, eight months ago, I would have had a different answer to this question. And I think that what that looks like is today is waking up every single morning and choosing myself first. Um, choosing myself first looks like taking care of myself, making sure that I'm eating enough calories um, to sustain like my brain function, you know, making sure that I'm going to the gym or doing participating in some kind of exercise, whether it's walking for a minimum of 30 minutes per day. 
Um, you know, it looks like taking things off of my to-do list and looking at things through a lens of, is this for me? Is this a priority for myself right now? Is this somebody else's priority that I have taken on? And really just, you know, making tough decisions. It's really hard because, you know, I have several siblings, you know, I'm a first generation American. My parents are from Barbados. There's a, I feel like I have a huge and heavy burden to carry, um, you know, being the person that a lot of people come to for help. And, you know, that final thing is saying no, learning, having learned to say no, which can still be very difficult. Um, but it's a part of choosing myself, um, because I know that I'm one person and I can't do it all. And I really have to like, you know, drive my vision forward, you know, by focusing on myself. And I feel like after I focus on myself, I've been able to just achieve a lot more of the things that I've wanted to achieve for myself, um, you know, by putting myself first. Um, and in a way that's not disrespectful to others, just in a way that, you know, is just honest to who I am, what I want, and where I want to go. Yeah. Since you brought it up, I have to ask for the people out there who are struggling what that answer would have been seven or eight months ago and what was sort of the switch, maybe that flipped, that helped you have a different answer today. Oh, seven or eight months ago, I was in a bad place. <laughs> I was in a really bad place. And I think a lot of people don't talk about that. You know, talk about how difficult entrepreneurship can feel. Like, you know, I felt like I was literally trying to catch water with my hands. Can you imagine trying to catch water with your hands? I had so many things going on. I thought every single opportunity was an opportunity. Every single time somebody came to my brand and said, let's collaborate, I thought I needed to do it. I thought every single event that was out there, I needed to be there. I literally felt like, oh, you need to do all of the things. And, you know, I got to a place where I was just really tired. You know, I went on vacation with my family. My grandmother was like, where'd you gain all this weight from? And that's all a part of it. It's true. <laughs> you know, it's all a part of it. And, you know, after that trip, I think it, you know, was a few days we went for her 80th birthday to Barbados and spending time with her and, you know, my family and, you know, some time offline. I was just like, I don't like the life that I'm living. I don't like that. I feel like I am trying to catch water with my hands. I don't like that. I feel like my business is running me. I'm not running the business. I had to get really, really honest with myself and really say like, if this is what your goal is, then you need to take back control and you need to focus on self first. Um, and it just got to a point of like, you know, feeling tired, feeling exhausted, feeling like I can't sustain this anymore. And it's impacting my health. Um, you know, I'm just not, the person that I really want to be. And it just came to a point of having to be honest. And that honesty came out of like just pure exhaustion and tiredness. <laughs> I thank you so much for sharing that. Cause as you said, we don't talk about how difficult it is and, you know, people in the midst of it need to hear it that, mm -hmm. you know, they're not alone, that other people have had this experience and that other people have found a way through um, as well. So thank you for that. For those people out there, um, especially women entrepreneurs who might be struggling, since you speak things into existence, since we know the power of our words, um, if they are struggling right now with their business, if they're second guessing their decision to make the leap into entrepreneurship, what encouragement would you speak to them today? 
I would say if you're going through hell, keep going. All right. Thank you so much, Kadisha, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at the company website. That's ceciliashouse.com. You can also follow them on Instagram and TikTok at ceciliashouse or on Facebook and Pinterest at ceciliashouseart. Check out the podcast channel on blackenterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and other podcasts from Black Enterprise editors, writers, and experts. Be sure to subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show us some love by leaving a five-star review or put a sister on by spreading the word. This is Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening.